everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the 1971 podcast with me Fran Lever. Thank you so much for coming back and I really hope you enjoy the episode. So the first thing that I would like to discuss leading up to the North London derby is Arsenal and their current form and what is going wrong. Arsenal currently sit fourth in the table and I think it's fair to say they're having a pretty unpredictable run right now. Yes they won the Conti Cup but overall they're not having the best season. Losses against Chelsea in the FA Cup and City in the WSL, it's leaving questions about what's happening within this team. Now, I've seen a lot of people, pundits, fans, journalists, all blaming the absence of Beth Mead and Vivian Miedemar, who of course are sidelined with ACL injuries. Whilst there's no denying the impact of not having those two players within the team, I think personally, this falls down to the manager more than ever. What this proves is that you cannot build a team around a player, or in this instance, two players, when you can play in up to four competitions at any one point. The thing that is lacking is not having these two players. It's the ability to adapt and adjust, and that is what Arsenal haven't done well. Those two are attacking players. So why is the defence not working? Surely you will be pushing for draws, clean sheets, but it's just not working. The mad reality of this is that Arsenal have the talent, aside from those two players, to push through. Why did Gio get called back from Everton to not even play when she is a forward? Why didn't the club take advantage of the transfer window properly? Why did you sign young players like Victoria Pavlo? and Catherine Cole, who have such incredible potential when the issue isn't in the midfield. They couldn't even play Jordan Nobbs in the midfield. It seems a regular tactic at the moment to push for a penalty with teams because they have one of the best penalty takers in Kim Little and she never misses. Now Steph Catley is out injured. Plus to me, Caitlin Ford is legit carrying that team on her back right now. They have the players without those two key players to produce a really good starting 11 but it's just not happening so when it doesn't happen it allows that excuse that oh we don't have Beth we don't have Viv that's why we're losing no that's not why you're losing the reason why you're losing is because you've not adapted and you've not adjusted having two players out with ACLs is terrible but you don't allow it to define the season winning the Conta Cup is great but do more there's something I'm interested to hear different opinions on because I personally really didn't like it. Why was the Arsenal admin posting pictures with Georgia Stanway before the Champions League game, calling it reunion hugs? Yes, she's best friends with Leah Williamson, but Arsenal and Bayern were in the quarterfinal stages of a competition. I'm not saying go out there and have a really intense rivalry, but surely there needs to be a sense of competition and fire about it. Lotta Ruben Moy was laughing with Georgia moments after the whistle blew. It just doesn't feel like it's serious to them. And in turn, is that affecting their performance because they're not taking it seriously? Yes, content after is great. But to me, it just doesn't look right at this stage of a Champions League game, especially from a club social media admin before the game. If this was a friendly, then maybe it would be okay but it's the quarter final of the Champions League. Overall, this might feel like I'm going in hard on Arsenal. I don't want to. I really rate this team a lot and the talent that they have. They have such potential to do well still, even without those two players, but they can't let it go downhill. Adapt and adjust. Don't write off the season in the middle of it. They have the Conta Cup, but can they do the WSL in the Champions League too? Right now, in my honest opinion, no. But they still have time to pull it back. I'm- 
the next thing I want to talk about leading off talking about Arsenal is the North London derby and the chances that these two teams have against each other and the history. So overall, there has been 12 meetings between the teams, where Arsenal have won 10 of those and the other two have ended it in a draw. Arsenal's biggest win came in 2017, where they won 10-0, where Tottenham's best result was a 2-2 draw in 2020. Their other draw was a 1-1 in 2021. Every other game, Arsenal have averaged at least two goals each. The last meeting between the pair was at Emirates Stadium and broke the record with over 47,000 fans, smashing the previous record of over 38,000 when they played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in November 2019. Fast forward to now. As I said before, Arsenal currently sit in fourth place and have only won two in their last five WSL games. Since January, they lost their FA Cup place to Chelsea after an impressive scoreline against Leeds in the previous round. But then, of course, they won the Conte Cup final. Spurs then sit in ninth place in the table, having only won one in their last five games. They had a good game against London City Lionesses in the FA Cup before bowing out on penalties to Reading. They're also knocked out of the Conte Cup by Chelsea. It's worth noting that, of course, Spurs have just lost their manager. Plus, whilst they've lost four of the WSL games out of five, they've still ended up on the score sheet for every single game, whilst Arsenal haven't. Arsenal have scored eight goals in their last five WSL games, while Spurs have scored six. On paper, with these stats, I don't think there's much that separates them right now. Like, like I've alluded to, I don't think Arsenal have been playing in the standard that we know of them. And Spurs finally won a game last week. They're far from what they should be. Arsenal have got Jodie Taylor on loan, so, she, so will she start? And will she have a big impact on the game? I'm not sure she'll have the impact there is, I'm being honest, that they need. I think for any type of power, I think Arsenal will need to start to know Black Stenius, who seems to be on a comeback at the moment. It will also take the power duo of Leah Williamson and Rafaela Souza to start the current run of Bethany England as she returns back to full-time play. But also, after Arsenal playing in the Champions League, I do wonder what the formation will be. Williamson and Souza are the best two centre backs to be starting. But please, please, I have a I have I have I have a request. I have a beg. Leah, please do not give me a repeat of that clip that seems to never leave TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. Do not kick any balls to anyone's face. I beg you. That truly lives in my head rent-free. So I just want to quickly touch on Tottenham and what is the future for them. Because in the sense of having talent and not using it, Spurs and Arsenal are in a similar position right now. But in this case, I think the issue with Spurs goes deeper. It is the club because of the men's team. So it's an ownership issue. And it will be down to the men's to get sorted before the women. But hopefully it will have a trickle-down effect. The thing is with Spurs... Like Arsenal, they have the talent, but it's just not being used. Also, I don't really feel a sense of team togetherness right now. Like I said before, with Caitlin Ford and Arsenal, there is someone that is carrying Spurs on her back right now. And she hasn't even been there six months. For, for me, just give Bethany England the captain's armband. Just, just give it to her. Can the team just stop playing soft rugby, please? Because I can almost bet on it they will not get away with it on Saturday. I said before, they have the ability to be such a good middle of the table team pushing for everything but something's got to give support is needed from the club which will take time but they also need a no-nonsense kind of manager i believe hope powell is the person to do that but right now i'm gonna give vicky jepson a chance so far early doors it looks good 
but it's early days. So a topic I wrote at the start of the week was, can Chelsea win the triple? Which would be the FA Cup, the Champions League and the WSL or a double two of those but then Millie Bright went off injured against Leon. no updates as I record this I won't lie guys I am worried for both Chelsea and England I think Chelsea will have a slightly better chance to adjust without her but England I'm really worried I've seen people say England will be fine without her I don't think we will be I think the best person to explain this is Ian Wright who only said this last month how important is she for this side? Um, I pr probably think that in most positions you can, we can put someone in and they'll, they'll do a, a good job, a, probably a very good job, but I'm not sure how we replace Millie Bright if Millie Bright gets injured or anything happens to her simply because of what she does in both boxes, uh, passing, uh, leadership skills, everything that she does for the team, her blocks, every, all that traditional defensive stuff that she does, everything, you know, I, I can't see. I mean, this could all be hypothetical at the moment. We legit don't know what's happening. And to get updates in women's football like this is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. She could be fine. But on the off chance, I don't know how England will adjust without her. We have Denmark in the group stages of the World Cup. Can we face them? Especially against Pernal Harder without Millie. I honestly don't know. You don't get centre-backs like Millie Bright anymore. The old-fashioned type that will throw everything into a game and into defending. There's nothing pretty about it. Just gets on with it. No complaints. I think the fact she tries to continue during the game proves that. The only English centre-back that comes close to me is John Stones. But I still think she'd run circles around him. This isn't criticism of any other defender. They're just different, more modern. But that old-fashioned, rough, down-and-dirty type of centre-back is a dying breed, in my opinion. And to me, it's the best type of centre-back. So back to Chelsea's chances. I think last night, off the bat, they proved that they can adapt easily. But was that just a one-off? Can they do it again? time and time again with the fixtures they have coming up I, I really don't know i need to comment on that next week once we have updates and chelsea have played city and their second leg against leon also another topic i wrote was who has the best shots of champions league spots next season i think i'm going to save that till next week now because i want to see how this weekend's performances pan out before i pass comments The final point I want to talk about is Carla Ward and the success she's having at Villa. They have just reached the semi-finals of the FA Cup and currently are fifth place in the WSL with 26 points. Six points clear of Everton and Arsenal either way and 11 points clear of current leaders Chelsea, who they face on the 2nd of April. And with their first full season, they place 9th out of 12, which I think is fair to say they will place higher this season. I think a lot of the current success for Carla is taking a chance on players I don't think many other managers would or allow them to play in the positions that they are. Carla bringing in Rachel Daly was a really genius move, but I don't think many would have done it, especially banging her up front where she's naturally more a defender. Now, of course, it's encouraged Serena Rigman to do the same. It's a risk that is paying off. I think Carla has this belief and confidence in players that is allowing them the freedom to grow. Signing Jordan Nobbs from Arsenal was a shock too, but I think it was a very smart move. Jordan is hungry for that game time and to get back in the England squad. And Carla is using that determination and power within the team. 
And it's paying off. I think that every player in that squad plays the way they are because they want to be there. I feel the determination and passion every time that they're playing. It is such a good squad. It might be a bold statement to make, but I think even next season or the season after, if they continue the way they are and they keep Carlo Ward, Villa will be pushing for Champions League. And good for them. I am rooting for them to do well. And it's so good to see an underdog doing so well. And that concludes this week's episode of the 1971 podcast with me, Fran Lever. I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you come back next week. Bye.